Episode 24 This is the mansion from The Godfather Part 2, Kyle whispered to Katie. Their limo pulled into the circular driveway of Ricker's cabin on Lake Tahoe. In his world, a cabin was a giant stone castle surrounded by half a dozen guest houses. Snow rose in head-high drifts, glinting blue in the sunshine. Kyle assumed Ricker had arranged for that effect. No, it's not, Kyle, Jackie said. If Kyle had been in a different mood, he might have pointed out that Jackie did not know what she was talking about. When he had taken her to see the movie, Jesus, that must have been twelve years ago, he thought. She had hidden her face in her hands the whole time. Kyle, who had seen the movie once already, had promised to warn her when any violent scenes were approaching, but she hadn't trusted him to remember. The Majeskis had just flown in on Ricker's private jet, along with Tessa, to spend Christmas with the great man and a few hundred of his closest friends. They'd come a day early to get in some sightseeing, and to soak up as much of Ricker's universe-crushing success as possible. Jackie and Molly would be busy with meetings, and Ricker. Katie wanted to stay in her room and write lyrics. That meant Kyle got to escort Tessa to the casino. "'Isn't it wonderful?' Tessa chattered as they meandered through Harrah's, searching for a slot machine that felt lucky to her. "'To think last year was the most horrendous Christmas imaginable, and now we're on top of the world.' Kyle had repeatedly apologized to Jackie and Katie for last Christmas. It had been his fault. He should not have rolled his eyes when Jackie gave him and Katie each a copy of the late great planet Earth. He should not have pointed out that Tessa didn't get one. Didn't Jackie care, he asked as a joke, that her own mother was going to burn in hellfire? Above all, he should not have given Jackie oven mitts. He had bought her other things, too, nice things, including a watch with a white gold band, but she got hold of the mitts first. She set them on the arm of the sofa. After a minute, she started crying. "'You don't know anything about me,' she sobbed. With great drama, Tessa had wrapped her arms around her daughter. "'See what you've done,' she'd hissed at Kyle. Tessa found a slot machine she liked. "'Why don't you go get a drink or something?' she said, waving a dismissive hand at Kyle. "'You'll bring me bad luck.' It was not lost on either of them that the last time they were in a casino together, Kyle had carried Tessa up to her hotel room to sleep off a bender. He was tempted to hang around the slot machine for the sole purpose of ruining her luck. But he decided he would rather have a drink. Unlike Tessa, Kyle had always been able to handle alcohol. He'd only given it up to impress Jackie, and she was clearly not impressed at all. Sitting down at the bar, he felt his bones settle, the same way they did whenever he was in Vegas. Home was where you sank in. I belong at a casino bar, Kyle thought. Besides, a casino was where the worst night of his life had suddenly become the best one. He could still picture Jackie climbing onto the bar stool with her beaded belt while trying to hold her low-button shirt closed. Back then she had been so, what was the word? Deferential. Shy but determined to draw him out, to shoulder a portion of his grief, which she'd mistakenly believed was a noble one. He ordered another and silently toasted his wife. Thanks for trying, anyway. After two more, he moseyed over to the gift shop, where he saw this amazing black fedora on a mannequin in the window. He decided to wear it to Ricker's party that evening, along with his new tux. Ricker probably had heard he was from Vegas. Let him wonder if he was a mobster. Kyle and Katie picked their way down a buffet table longer than a city block, filled with sensuous fruits, exotic cheeses, desserts straight out of a fairy tale, and parts of every known animal cooked in every imaginable way. Reflected in the massive bank of windows overlooking the lake, the bounty became a landscape. Father and daughter paused to admire a full-size ice sculpture of a Christmas tree, complete with minutely carved tinsel and ornaments. Just standing next to it made them cold. Katie, a glass of champagne in one hand, employed the other to stuff an eclair in her mouth. "'Isn't this bullshit?' Kyle said, elbowing her. "'Wolfert, 
she agreed. She wore a floor-length black dress with a bunch of shreds down by the ankles, like Morticia Adams, along with her new leather jacket. Her mother had given her the jacket for their Christmas celebration that morning, a bribe so blatant that even Kyle was shocked. It was not even from Carlsmart, but some Italian designer with a thing for fringe and studs. Then the woman from Ricker's staff had appeared with the huge bouquet of white lilies, which Kyle had ordered for Jackie. It had gone over pretty well until Jackie realized the flowers were from him and not Ricker. At least she had done a better job of hiding her disappointment this year. Heather Locklear breezed by and gave Katie a once-over. Great look, girl, she said. You too, Katie replied as if they were old friends. Nearly every guest, including Heather, was carrying the night's most slobbered-over party favor, the brand-new talking Molly doll. The doll was slightly smaller than the real Molly, but otherwise a perfect likeness. Especially through the prism of six or seven glasses of champagne, the effect of hundreds of Mollies all talking at once was hallucinogenic. It's Christmas every day. See you on CEDN. What will you give today? Kyle grabbed a glass of champagne from a passing waiter's tray, threw it back, and hobbled after the guy for another. He then revisited the buffet. As he hovered between the roast buffalo and the ostrich and considered asking the server for a slice of each, the wall of men came bearing down on him. The wall parted to reveal an even more horrific sight, a perfect family, most of which had once been Kyle's. Ricker, tall and placid, occupied the center. Just in front of him was Jackie in a silver gown that could have doubled as a negligee, holding Molly. The guest of honor wore a sparkling white dress and a thin gold band around the top of her head. Kyle did a double-take to make sure this was indeed Molly and not one of her clones, since they all had on exactly the same costume. The dinged-up Carl doll in her hands confirmed authenticity, as did the beatific smile that appeared when she caught sight of Kyle. This wasn't a special smile for her father, though. She did it for everybody she encountered. When she looked at Ricker, the smile grew even lovelier. Tessa held Ricker's left arm in a vice grip. She would not let go until the whole world had seen and acknowledged that she was with him. But this purple velvet burden did not disrupt Ricker's pace in the slightest. Ricker guided Jackie past the well-wishers, his right hand lightly resting on the small of her back. The smile on Jackie's frosted pink lips looked like a kiss. Kyle! Ricker's hand, fresh from caressing Jackie, offered itself. I don't believe we've been properly introduced. I am Harry Ricker. I am Kyle, said Kyle, feeling the clamminess of his palm against Ricker's dry one. And this is Katie. We've met, said Katie. Great party, Harry. She did not appear to mean this sarcastically. I'm sorry I couldn't greet you personally yesterday. No rest for the wicked this time of year, said Ricker. Don't I know it, Kyle said. He should fight this guy, he thought. Strip off his jacket and challenge him to fight right there in front of the ice sculpture. Ricker was tall but not noticeably strong. He'd spent his whole life in offices and airplanes, not out on the streets running after hoodlums. Kyle was handicapped, but he still had his police training somewhere in his system. Unfortunately, Kyle felt an even stronger urge rise inside him. To be liked. We didn't mind at all, Harry, Tessa said. The servants have been perfectly wonderful. So what line of work are you in, Kyle? Ricker asked. Show business, actually, Kyle said, absorbing the fact that Jackie hadn't told Ricker even this basic information about him. What kind of show business? Kyle adjusted his fedora. A uh, comedy. Impressions. Jackie's eyes sparkled with alarm. Famous faces clustered, waiting to greet Ricker and his entourage. Kyle picked them out like Easter eggs on a lawn. There was Louis Gossett, Jr., Deborah Winger, Linda Evans, and Sly Stallone and interspersed among them shone the polished, anonymous faces of the truly powerful. Ricker smiled like a snake about to swallow a mouse. "'Show us,' he said. "'Well, I don't really—' 
Gather around, everybody, Ricker called out. We've got a show for you.